Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, or night. Welcome back to Jammies by 8, everybody. How are we all doing today? I hope warm and cozy and happy and at peace and bliss. I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm neither of those things, actually. I've been trying to get my, give myself a rest this week, but uh, this feels relatable. I feel like an unproductive piece of poop. <laughs> what is that about, huh? Uh, to be young and grinding. On this episode, I have the stunning Esther Fallick. She's a musical comedian with a strong background in theater that has made her comedy stick out in the most vivacious way imaginable. Unintentionally, though, we got off to a very honest start with a deep conversation about dating and some complicated topics that I am by no means an expert on. So this was a difficult episode for me to release without feeling the need to edit out any stupid comments and questions I said, but I decided to do so would be inauthentic of me on a mental health and comedy podcast where I'm just a human baby girl trying to learn. Plus, I'm too lazy to make note of these things enough to cut them. But regardless, we get into some really fun stuff as well, uh, including Esther's influences, hopes and dreams, lots of love she has for her community and friends, and of course, what gorgeous jammies she was wearing. So with that, I give you an incredibly endearing, honest, heartfelt conversation between Esther and I, a gift who has been bestowed upon the Brooklyn comedy scene. I hope she lights you up just as much as she has me. Is that correct grammar? Who knows? Folks, Esther Fowler. Esther, hi. Hi. How are you doing today, really? How am I doing today, really? Wow, wow, wow. No one ever asks that. <laughs> Here we are, babe. I'm asking. It's always, how are, yeah, it's always, how are you doing? Not really. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So I, I just, ha- I recently have done a couple pod- podcasts in the past couple month- months. And um, like, came to the realization that people actually listen to these. So I'm like, like, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, How am I doing really without giving away, without telling other people's shit? Right. Why you got some juicy gossip? (sighs) Well, okay. Um, So are you familiar with the term you hauling? Yeah. Or Okay. So this weekend I sort of like you hauled without you hauling. Like I just had this incredibly gay feeling night with this other trans girl where we like that. I spent the night at her place. We like talked about everything. We like listened to Ethel Kane and, you know, like unpacked the lyrics. I would you haul right away. <laughs> Literally. Is there, is, have you ever heard a gayer sentence? I was. Yeah. <laughs> with my friend and I was like, I don't know. It's like we created a space. And I was like, yeah. oh. God, you're you're so you created a space. Yeah. Um. But so, but I think that this this girl is is straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, today, that's hard. You know, it's really like, um, it's like really, it's just really confusing. Yeah, it's really confusing and frustrating, and seems to happen 
seems to be a situation that I get myself into a lot. Yeah. So, so I'm like, so that's where I'm at today. I, and I'm not saying that because I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. I'm saying that because it's like, even though obviously I'm not in the same position, I feel like I can empathize because when I, when I do think of uh, the act of queer dating, um, all of those things come into play of just being like, uh, hey, are you going to be into me? <laughs> you know? The fear. Yeah. yeah. The fear. Are, not only are you going to be into me, but like if, if you're going to pursue this thing seriously, like how, how much are you out in your world that I would be also in your world? How much can I be involved in your life? How much can you be involved in mine? Right. Um, that's really hard. Yeah. Really hard. And I have no idea this, the beginning to navigating that. Mm. That's yeah. okay. You don't have, to, <laughs> you don't have to have the answers. Have you had experiences like that before where we can cut all of this out? We don't have to include any of this. Cause I know this is like, we just dove right. <laughs> I was like, okay, challenge accepted. Let's go. Yeah. But I love it. Cause it's also like, I feel like now I feel, I feel very connected to you. Right. Um, so I like that. But uh, have you had experiences before where you've dated and you you haven't felt like fully um, able to let your guard down because of that? Because I wasn't sure because of what exactly? like Because of like the other person on the other end being like, wait, like, uh, are we on the same page? You know? Right, right, right. right. Um. It's a good question. I feel like actually I've been on the other side of it recently where like there were people who were into me because this is one of the interesting I'm I'm actually keep to I'm down to keep I'm down to keep this. But um there are people who were I was dating who like they were very into me but but I'm beginning to understand the nuances of like dating as a woman and because you know <clears throat> Although, you know, gender identity is weird. I was a woman the whole time. And I really see that looking back, but people didn't treat me like one in certain mm -hmm. ways. Like, it's, it's complicated because in some ways they did, in other ways they didn't. The expectations weren't there. Mm -hmm. um, so now, like, one thing that I've felt from some partners is like an expectation of a certain amount of availability and emotional availability mm -hmm. that like i'm i'm not always like capable of giving because like i don't know it's like it, i think it's just really hard to feel safe yeah you know yeah. And I'm not even dating men, so I don't, I'm, my heart goes out to you. Do you date men at all or no? Um, so when you start hormones, like people of all persuasions talk about this, like you, you start to like some, it's possible that you may begin to see your like orientation shift somewhat. Um, I've mostly ever only been into women and that like still predominantly remains the case, but I do have like, a curiosity about dating men like 
I guess I'm, I guess I'm bi curious. Like I do, I am like, should I date some men? Um, partly because this is, you know, I was talking about this with a, a trans girlfriend, like there's a gender affirmation that you feel being on the receiving end of a man's attraction. Yeah. Yeah. And that is fun. Yes. I fully uh, agree that like when it's interesting because when I'm not around men or actively dating men, I'm much more in my expression uh, masculine. Mm -hmm. Um, And even my current boyfriend now uh, loves when I express myself in a masculine in a masculine way when i'm dressing more masculine all of that um but when i'm dating a man i'm much more like i feel the need not the need i don't feel the need i naturally go towards dressing more womanly it's Mm -hmm. really strange um Mm. and it's it's i don't know if i particularly as a cis person have uh the ability to use or relate to it but it's a little bit gender dysphoric um Mm. you know Mm. Yeah, totally. It's weird. Gender expressions are very complicated. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. Tapestry. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But uh, I can relate a little bit uh, to what you're saying. Um, Absolutely. Like, I absolutely think, you know, just to, just to like affirm and validate that, like, that is the same thing. You know, my, a lot of, you know, trans people's gender dysphoria is going to be more acute yeah perhaps mm-hmm. um, but yeah you're correct to like um identify that like that is like everyone <clears throat> i mean this is so basic but like everyone has a gender even cis mm-hmm. people and like um there are ways that we are asked to like adhere to certain expectations of that gender at certain times, like, or ways that we have to like use certain markers or signifiers at certain times that may not really dive with who we are. So that's really, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Do you view yourself as still currently transitioning or are you like, no, I'm fully on the other side? Um, I'm still like, Transition, I feel like, is a is definitely like a lifelong process. Um, there's like terms like "quote unquote" passing, mm-hmm. where once like you know you've been on hormones for X amount of years, and you know there's just like ways of living in the gender that you just get more comfortable with. More and more people will begin to see you as cis like and i think in some antiquated maybe some people still feel that way but like in some older you know versions of trans identity where it was probably a bit more dangerous like it's still pretty dangerous these days but like Mm -hmm. um that was the goal like passing because it meant safety it meant like finally you could live um now like trans people exist we're out there and like so it's not so much about that goal 
but like, you know, I'm going to be taking estrogen for the rest of my life. So I definitely see myself as like a baby because <laughs> I've, yeah. I've been, yeah, doing this for about two years, maybe. Yeah. So you would say like, well, I guess I'm, what you said in the beginning is like, you'll uh, transitioning is a lifelong thing. And I think yeah. that, I think that applies to a lot of things, but definitely like, I, I see what you're saying. It's like, you'll always be, even myself, I'm like, I'm always learning what it means to be a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's I tough. just want to, I, um, unrelated. I just like, I'm another place I'm feeling connected to you right now is like our beautiful white walls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our matching yeah. twin white walls. I got this girl. Um, I got this girl. I, uh, for a sec, I'm, thank you so much for being so open with me. Um, like I have the, I have the, um, tendency to want to like not cut it off but almost like veer in a different direction because i don't want to a make you uncomfortable or, or b make you think that like i have all these questions because i i want to focus i don't i didn't want to focus on that but at the same time i do think that your comedy is so tied into what you're going through that it would be an injustice to your work to um not talk vulnerably so i'm i'm very thankful that you're being so open thank you of course, of course. Um, I don't know, you, uh, you set the mood, you know, and I, I, I feel like I can like, I don't know, I feel like I can trust you. Yeah, it's funny what you said about uh, you're like, I'm realizing people do actually listen to these podcasts. And I'm like, I don't I, anytime someone tells me that they listen to this. I'm like, please don't let me know. Don't let me know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know who's listening to this. <laughs> I don't need your mind and or I don't need your face in my mind as I'm talking about anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, can you tell me? I know we rushed into this, but can you tell me who are you wearing right now? Oh my god. I think I'm wearing Sheen. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so love that. Yeah. I had um I'm wearing like Sheen and Amazon Basics or something. Amazon Essentials. Mm -hmm. Is it basics or essentials? I forget. Um, I think it's basics. It's both. What? Actually, I don't know. There might be both. Oh, but um, I think basics is like the home goods and then essentials is the clothes <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense uh are they your comfies are they your jam jams yeah yeah they Good. like so I, uh, do you remember i don't know if i don't know how long you know i had this big fire back in september yes so i had this fire back in september and like i lost all my clothes um mm -hmm. and <clears throat> Luckily, you know, by a strange coincidence, I every month I have this comedy show called Heart of the City that's also a um, also a clothing swap. Um, so people get who are getting rid of old clothes will bring it, and you know, people who need some gender affirming clothes will pick it up. But also sometimes, like, I'm not even looking for gender affirming clothes. Like after the fire, I was like, I just need some T-shirts that I can yeah. like. Wear. So I'm wearing this. So I got this from that. It's just like a. She is just like a bunch of little little XOXO. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> Very cute. Um yeah. okay, love that. Uh yeah. going into some mental health mental health things. Are you are you an angsty, depressy type of person? Yeah. Like what what's your whole deal? It's, there's just a lot of uh sound outside my door. <laughs> but, okay. 
Um, so I'm anxious. I'm like, what was that? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm anxious. I definitely have anxiety. Um, my depression is like, I've, I definitely have some depression, but it's, it's been in a better place recently. Um, anxiety is about in a similar spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say the biggest thing for me is anxiety. It, it can kind of like paralyze me sometimes. Um, like getting really anxious about like whether I'm doing the right thing or like whether I need to be performing more, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, also like sometimes when I get, when I got, um, the couple times I got COVID, my anxiety like really spiraled and um, uh, I get a lot of like climate anxiety. And what, what? I just like find myself thinking about like how long we've got left. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's a deep one. Yeah. 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 How do you a... come out from that? So I think about it's like there's two there's two anxieties that sort of like take that like like play that role in my psyche of like being really intense anxieties and one is climate anxiety the other is like you know just rising violence against queer people and stuff like that yeah and so i'll answer the question that you raise like kind of in regards to the latter because it sort of helps with the helps like i do basically something similar with the first one but like just a little less poetic (laughs) like so transphobes out there they there are literally people out there who just like by being a trans woman want to take my life you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes that fear makes me shrink myself Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think about it. I'm like, their goal is to take my life. So why am I going to do their work for them? Yeah. Oh, what a great point. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Okay. That's it. That's the clip. That's the promo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Uh, I'm so wildly impressed and happy for you that you've yeah. come to that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes a while. Yeah. And it's also hard because there's the rational part of yourself and the emotional part of yourself. The emotional part is like, I'm so scared. I'm. This is for my safety, you know, like all of these fears, but, and the rational part of you can say that often, but it's hard to like really believe it, you know, deep to your core. So I don't know. That's just, that's such a good point. I'm really glad that you said that uh, because that's like something that applies and you, you do it big, you know, you do all of your comedy big. So that really, really is great to hear. I feel like I'm the way I'm, I'm so like dumbfounded that I'm just, <laughs> blah, oh. uh, <laughs> but that's great. Um, yeah. No, yeah. But, but that's like a great uh, connection to draw there. Cause it's like, yeah, that's, it's exactly that. It's like, I like 
in opposition to that fear, I like go huge with my, with my comedy, you know, because mm-hmm. I want to be like, really, I just want to be like, really loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I feel I, I realize now as we're talking, like we, we jumped right into it without explaining for anyone who's listening that might not know about your comedy or who you are. You do a lot of musical comedy. Would you say it's 100% musical comedy or are you ever doing regular stand up? I do some regular stand-up, um, but only ever to get to the musical comedy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you do uh, unbelievable, classic, like, musical comedy. It's, like, very cabaret style, and I love it. Um, have you always had that style? And what are some of your influences? Yeah. Wow. Um, I Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I started doing, like, theater when I was, like, nine years old. And I, I did it all through high school. I got a lot of, if any of your listeners, like I majored in musical theater at the university of Michigan. That means anything to (laughs) any of the listeners. Um, Is that a big program? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a great, great school um, for musical theater and on its own. Mm -hmm. And I, but like, I never really, once I graduated high school, where like in high school, like if you're talented, you just get the lead roles. But in after high school, it's like very much about your type. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my type just like didn't match my body. Like it, like I kept getting like Josh Gad roles uh, going in for that. And it's like, that's not me. I'm like mm-hmm. a big diva, you know? Um and so I started like doing comedy more so that I could like do work that was more satisfying because it was like who I was because it was literally my words and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, some of my influences are like, I'd say my, let's see, some, some of my influences in the musical theater world are like, I'm very like um, Howard Ashman who did the, do you know who Howard Ashman is? Mm-mm. So um, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman did the score for like Beauty and the Beast, um, Little Mermaid, Little Shop of Horrors. And um, on Broadway. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and the Disney movies. Okay. And um, Howard Ashman was like, he was the lyricist in that team. Alan Menken did the music. And he just had like an amazing sense of character and like how to make these songs fun and funny and like from the character's point of view, but still like getting big laughs and stuff. Um, and just like iconic, uh, mm-hmm. iconic stuff. So, and always infused with a lot of real emotion too. Like I think part of your world is like the best song ever written. That's the first major song that I did like a parody of. And I, love that song so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you're talking yeah. to a real fan thing yeah talking to a <laughs> who i should then i should know who he is so bad on me <laughs> i don't well, have the I'm education the, right right well you saw his lyrics and you were like i yeah. could do better than this and I, <laughs> and I respect that so hard just such a uh, singable song you know everybody recognizes it truly it. is yeah it's so great so he's one in the musical theater world also like some classic like like um literally Cole Porter is 
someone like George Gershwin, all the like Tin Pan Alley, the classic like 1930s, 40s Broadway people. Sometimes I go listen to that shit and I'm like, yeah, this is the good shit, you know? <laughs> um, but I would say that truly my my biggest influence, well, so, some of my comedy influences are like Mel Brooks, a little bit Adam Sandler. I was like obsessed with him as a kid. Really? I was obsessed with Adam Sandler. Okay. <laughs> um, but my number one biggest influence is the Muppets. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. So good. They're so good. I'm obsessed yeah. with them. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you feel like uh, your icon, your brand? What do you feel like it is? If I could define it, you are wrapped up in a package. What That's is it? A good question. I would say that my. Is it a Miss Piggy? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I basically, yeah, got it. I think about Miss Piggy all the time. She's yeah. such an icon, but it's like, I feel like I'm one of my friends does Muppets astrology. Um, so it's like, I feel like my, my son is Miss Piggy, but my moon and my rising are Kermit. Um, sun is how you present, right? Moon yeah. and rising are which? I literally don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, it basically, it's like, I feel like I'm the showman that Miss Piggy is. And like the like. Just having fun, like looking really beautiful mm -hmm. in these settings. Um, of Miss Piggy, but the like the community minded, you know, I like to I like to help others um see their potential, help others yeah. grow, all that sort of stuff, like Kermit more. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it's that's quite a dichotomy in their relationship with each oh, yeah. other. So yeah. there's definitely like, you know, a bit of timidness, timidness in Kermit. Um but I see it as more of like, well, you know, like I'm just a friendly guy, you know? Um, yeah. But that's precious. I, I love Kermit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't. So you were a musical theater major. Uh, yeah. Where are you from originally? I'm from Texas originally. Oh my Houston. Lord. Yeah. Texas Lady. Uh, yeah. Southern that. Bale. That's right. Um, so with comedy and musical comedy and musical theater all merging together. Where do you feel like that path really began? Was it somewhere in college while you were studying or was it outside of college when you were like, you know what? I think I actually want to make this into comedy. It was actually, yeah, it was uh, outside. It was after college. Like I was just like, again, it was like really frustration with not being cast and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote this, like this one person musical with a couple other uh, friends um, so basically what I do right now is like, I do musical parody songs where I like it's pastiche. So it's like in the style of a musical theater trope, yeah. maybe there's like direct references even to one exact song. Um, but I like put it through this like trans feminine lens. Mm -hmm. Um, that same like style I used to do. I was doing it pre-transition as part of this one person show that was like a fake cabaret 
starring this one like Broadway star who was singing all these songs from, you know, his previous career that were like original songs from fake musicals based on real movies. Okay. So it was like, um, uh, in the style of Les Mis, Toy Story, the musical. And like, we st- I sang like Buzz's soliloquy. That was That's like, so about, funny. Yeah. Um, about like the horror of realizing it was a toy, you know? Yeah. Um, I like that. Stuff like that. So I started doing that in that show in 2016. And then I like did that show for a few years. I did it at UCB, um, Hell's Kitchen for like a year. Mm-hmm. And I had never done stand up until like last July. But not the July we just had, but the one before that? Correct. Okay. But before then, like in this one person show, I was in character singing songs and then like speaking to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when I was speaking to the audience, it almost was like stand up, but it, it, it wasn't, but like I learned a lot of skills that I easily translated to stand up when I started doing yeah. it. Okay. Musical comedy, like this whole, now my like solo show, Esther updates her book. It's the same structure as this, like the show was called movies, musicals and me. Mm-hmm. It's the same structure as movies, musicals and me. Um, just like I'm not playing a character, I'm playing myself, and the songs aren't movie parodies, they're like just about being a trans girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that. You're really carving uh I don't know how to word this so that it makes more sense to my thought, but like I love that you're normalizing that these topics would be in musical comedy because it's like I want to see a a Miss Piggy type musical character that is not just the hyper feminine queen, you know, but like also the hyper feminine queen who's talking about like, you know, your journey that you've had. I love that. You know, Uh, I want to see, I want to see Bert and Ernie uh, who are not Muppets that I just associated with them on Sesame street. But like, I want to see Bert and Ernie doing a queer number, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about this stuff in musical comedy. Yes, I want to yes. I, I want to see more musicals or like a like a imagine Chicago where they're like, you know, a 2022 version. You know, oh it's like all oh, of this yeah. stuff would be so good. Make subtext uh, text. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I probably sound there. so stupid right now, but I think you understand what I'm saying. What I mean. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. All of these musicals. I grew, I have a dance background. I grew up dancing for a long, long time. So. For the longest time I knew, like the other day I was listening to a radio uh, a station on Spotify of, um, of what was it? Bye Bye Blackbird, um, the Fosse one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And for so long, I didn't even realize that like all of these songs I knew and danced to were from musicals. I just knew them because I did dances to them. But listening to them, I'm like, oh, man, there are so many good songs and musicals that if you did true, real existing characters too holy cow can you imagine how good of a show that would be you know what i'm saying like so that's what i think is super super cool is the space you're carving out in musical comedy is like so much it's it's so original and uh refreshing it really is Um, yeah 
do tell me a little bit more about your solo show. When did you start doing that? So the first time I did it was February 10th of 2022, mm-hmm. which coincidentally was my one year hormone anniversary. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I did it at 54 Below because I had done my previous solo show there um, pre-transition, pre-COVID. And they reached out and they're like, do you want to do something? And I was like, yeah, I'll do this. And I didn't have a show, but I was like, I can make something happen in like six weeks. So Wow. You had six weeks and you put together a whole show. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Like not every song was in that, um, in that show, not every song was original when I first did it. There were like four original songs, maybe. And then like seven or eight existing songs that I just did. Mm-hmm. Um, but each time that I did the show, I did it in May. I was going to do it in July, but I had to cancel that one. And then I did it in October. And then I did it in November as part of the New York Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. Each time that I did it, I like took out one of the existing songs or like two or three of the existing songs and replaced them with a new original song. So I sort of built the hour over a year of like performing the show. Gotcha. Now going into it, when you had six weeks to put together a show, what was that? This is for my own curiosity, not particularly mm-hmm. like full podcast stuff, but like what uh, what was that process like? You know, like week by week, were you like, okay, because you have composers too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never worked with a composer, so I'm always curious of how musicians are sitting down and being like, let's write a song, you know? Yeah. So it was interesting because it was sort of different with, um, let's see, I worked with like, four different composers one is a team um well actually five one of them the song just like fully came to me and i but i just can't write music mm-hmm. and i just was like i sent him literally like a voice memo of me singing the whole thing sort of and like s- sending him the lyrics and being like can you make this a song like can you clean this up can you da, 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 da. which is how mel brooks wrote the score to the producers he like oh he wrote it all he like sang it all into like a tape and then someone else like orchestrated it and like you know yeah. wrote it um <clears throat> so that was one of the songs another one i like i came up with the like the title and like the um like basically a set of lyrics um but i was like i don't know how it ends here's some stuff like if you change the lyrics i don't care and then that person came back at me with like you know a completed song and some of the best jokes in the song in my personal opinion you know just like was like what if we have another chorus here you know what i mean mm-hmm. um the the team that I work with, we 
like did in-person spitballing sessions, kind of wrote a bunch of the jokes like there in person thinking about it. And then they like sent me, uh, then they went off, tried to find a sound for it, sent me like what they came up with for the first like minute of the song, like the, um, the melody and stuff. And then like, I came back with, you know, we had like a lot of like shared, um, shared notes, shared iPhone notes, mm-hmm. just like rewriting the lyrics. Yeah. And that was sort of how it went for like another one of the composers too. like, just, I gave her like a, like a kind of a, I vomited at her a little bit. And then she was like, okay, cool. Give me like a week. And then she came back at me with something and it was like, this is amazing. It's not funny. <laughs> she would agree with this. I was like, this is so awesome. But so in comedy, there's like um, <laughs> jokes and we need to kind of like, she's like, right, 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 right. And this girl's the most brilliant person I know. But yeah. um, uh, so then I kind of like punched it up with some new lyrics uh, in certain parts. And then like we went back and forth with drafts basically. Um, and and then I will say her next one, um, the next, she wrote two songs with me and the second one that she wrote with me, I like hardly had to change a word. Like it was so good. She That's was funnier. Awesome. She, she got really funnier. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's really cool. And oh, I just thought of another question. What did I want to say? Um, F me. Oh, well. Uh, hmm. Oh, oh, oh. So when you perform these things, I think it's, they're so funny. Um, I'm so upset because I haven't gotten to see your solo show yet. Uh, the last one you had done for New York Comedy Festival, I had tickets to another show that night that oh, yeah. I found out before yours. And I was like, oh, shoot. I was so bummed. They knew I wanted to have you on this podcast, but I've seen you perform before uh, in general. And I love it that you exude such confidence while being very, very goofy. Uh, I know a lot of that comes over from having already performed a lot in college. And like, you have no choice but to step it up when you're around. Like, I think if it's anything similar to dance, which I feel like it is, it's like when you're auditioning for something, you're like, I, I have to be confident or else people are going to smell my fear and I'm not getting this, you know? Um, so I think a lot of that probably also comes over from doing musical theater and just knowing how to perform and being comfortable on a stage. But then in those in-between bits where you're doing stand-up and like you said, you, you just started two Julys ago. Uh, how are... <laughs> How are you like pumping yourself up to like really? I don't know. It's just so good. I, I guess oh, I sound you. stupid, but being like, I don't know. You're great. You're really great. Uh-huh. So it's like, how are you? How are you getting out there and just being like, yeah, here, this is my thing and this is my story and here are my songs. You know what I mean? Like, how have you gotten to that place? What was it like when you first started making this comedic? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Okay. So. Actually, like, part of the reason that I started doing it is like, um, whoa, ah, I'm getting more comfortable, but <laughs> okay. 
Um, part of the reason that I started doing it is because, like, okay, so this this gets a little into mental health too. Like, before I transitioned, I loved, you know, I um. My personality, my personality was very like carefully considered because I really wanted to um, have a lot of control over how people like felt about me um, because I didn't know who I was. So I needed like them to like me and to tell me that I was so unlikable through that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so control to me was very important like having a lot of control over how i was seen but you know something i realized like early on was because of how our culture like when we all thought i was a straight white man like I could start from zero and I could control the whole narrative for the people, you know, Mm -hmm. but as a trans woman, like there's so much that people are going to feel about me before I say a word. Yeah. Like, and I have no control over that. Like I have no control over what their opinions about transness are. Um, already and so i kind of had to give up that control a little bit because i was like if i keep caring too much about what people think about me my head will explode because um because everyone has thoughts yeah and So I had to give up that control and that was really, really scary. And also it was like, there were so many ways that like, I was frustrated because my, my experience of what my gender journey was, of what transness meant to me, like I just didn't see it anywhere Mm -hmm. except for like on forums, you know, Twitter. Mm So, um, when I like started doing it, it was so satisfying because it was like, ooh, now for like five minutes, I get to control how people see my transness. Like, and I get to like, I get to push the narrative wherever I want to push it, you know, like, and then they're not going to, you know, then people will think about me not like, I don't know. Then their, their main thing about me was like, oh, she's a star, you know? Um, so that's like, I forgot what the question was. I think there were two parts of it. It was like, why? Yeah. why? What did I say? I don't even there was, the, the part of it is like, how do I pump myself up or something like that? That was part of it. Well, it's kind of now bleeding into like, I want to know what, like, I want to put the microscope on what your beginnings and stand-up looked like um mm-hmm. because of your style of comedy it's like it's first of all doing mics as we know it's like 
mics are a weird place to do music. You know, it's like, it's, that's, it's not to get up there and like, you, you have to have like high energy when there's not always high energy or like the person before you was not good or whatever, you know, or like, let's say someone before you said like some weird stuff, uh, <laughs> going up and doing music after that is tough. So I want, I'm like curious to know, uh, how you have really cultivated your style in doing both music and also stand up which you only just recently started a year and a half ago you know it's like yeah. what did that look like for you in the beginning definitely a lot of like experimentation um kind of like watching what worked for people and then playing a lot with i think the biggest thing that i've consciously experimented with is like pace mm-hmm. um some people some people like go really fast and they kind of like move through their jokes almost. Mm-hmm. And I remember being impressed by someone who did that. And I was like, what's that feel like? And I just at a mic experimented with like trying that. I was like, what if I just kind of like barrel through basically mm-hmm. confidently, not like I'm ashamed and I'm like trying to get through it yeah. all. But like, what if I went faster? Yeah. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And then I started like, more recently like in the past six months or so played with like slowing it down and like staying in one spot and being a bit more grounded because then my songs i get super Mm -hmm. high energy i'm like walking around and stuff um but for the stand-up like what is it like if i'm i think my alarm clock's going off i'm so sorry no problem (laughs) i don't know why it's set for this time Go on. You're, uh, time to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like letting the joke sit and letting people like take it in a little has been really fun for me. Like, so that's something I, I like play a lot with is like pace. Mm-hmm. But then also sometimes it's like, wait a minute, like, you know, because my my monthly show that I do, Heart of the City, um, I get a lot of trans performers for that. And oftentimes it'll be like mostly trans audiences, like every time it's mostly a trans audience. And so that's like very different than um, a mostly they're mostly cis audience. So I definitely have had to learn like, wait, how much do I need to give the cis audiences? You know, cause like some comedians, they'll be like, <clears throat> they'll be like, um, you know, I take hormones and like some trans comedians, they'll be like, I take hormones. And what that means is I, da 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 da. it's like, okay, I get that. Um, but like, I try to make it to where by the end of like my solo show or something, a cis person who came in will have learned a lot about trans people, but it will have never felt like school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that like some of my, I really don't mean to, um, I don't think anyone like in the Brooklyn scene does this because I think we're all very, very, very talented. Uh, and like, I love all these people um, and they inspire me. 
but like, <laughs> but you know, kind of like the infographic world, like like influencers and stuff like that. Yeah, the way that sometimes it can get very like the main purpose is to explain. Yeah, and it's like I don't want that. But at the same time, like I only have my story to tell. You know, so, um, so I want to tell my story, but the reality is, is that like, there are elements to it that like, not everyone in the audience is, is there, you know, has that knowledge, Mm -hmm. has that experience. So it's like, I try to find, I've, I have tried to like through trial and error, find like the right way of um like that balance Mm -hmm. yeah well i feel like not necessarily that you have to explain it but if you want people to laugh at your jokes you have to be like hey here's why it's funny you know like not here's why it's funny because then you're like (laughs) literally explaining a joke but you got to set it up in a way that's like this is this is what's going on and then here's the joke you know because without that people would be like wait uh what literally i get it yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah okay interesting and so this past year you've had it you've had a really big year um you were in new york comedy festival which is awesome um you have your monthly show when did you start your monthly show i started in like july or august of of uh, august of 2021 okay um yeah you're you're doing a for this upcoming year like do you have any big things that you want to hit plans that's such a good question i'm figuring it out definitely um and my i would say my main i want to i guess i want to take um my solo show to edinburgh Mm -hmm. i also like I'm wondering what it would be like to try and make an album out of my songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like that could be a really fun project and also help my music grow and my presence grow and stuff. Yeah, definitely. I love that idea. Yeah. Um, when you picture your career looking back as like an 80 year old woman doing an interview with Diane Sawyer, what is it that you want to be looking back on? I want people to I want people to remark on just how challenged I was and have the transness be an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And like at that point. <laughs> and I wanna I wanna look back at a illustrious Broadway career and um and just like a lot of laughs. Like Mel Brooks, honestly, is like, that's a good, that's a good life. Yeah. 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 I guess because what I'm asking really is like, who do you want to be when you grow up? You know, are you, you're doing musical comedy? Are you touring your musical comedy? Are you mostly comedian? Are you mostly, you want to, you said you want to be on Broadway. So do you think you would ever want your solo show to be a Broadway show? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah that'd be really cool oh yeah i love that um okay that's really cool interesting 
um, in regards to your process and how you're creating all your music and performing, where does your mental health come into play? How does it affect any of that? Um, the best way to like learn if your stuff works is to get it out there. And sometimes my mental health gets in the way of me like getting out there. You know what I mean? Um, this year I, I like, I fought really hard. Like I, like I went really hard, you know? And since the New York comedy fest show, I definitely have like taken a bit of a, I've definitely taken a step back, just like resting. Mm -hmm. But the question is always like, can I get back out there? Like, like is something keeping me from getting back out there? And like, sometimes it's like, no, just rest. <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, you're, you're feeling anxious. I do my best to listen to my body and, and feel what I need. And my anxiety cuts me off from feeling that it's very mm -hmm. hard to hear my body and my needs when I'm like really in my head. Um, so having those grounding tools, just that good self care. Yeah. And also, you know, it's just exhausting to be like the only person of a certain identity in a room. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't always do it, but when I'm on top of it, one of my big tools is like affirmations in the mirror. Yeah. Big fan of affirmations. Okay. Yeah. What are some of your affirmations, like ones that give me some, cause you know how others hit harder. What yeah. are some that like, you're like, this one really gets me. This is what I need to hear. Yeah, let me think. Yeah, there's like some of the basics, like, I love you, you're beautiful, you're talented, you're funny, you're kind. It's hard because it's like sometimes, so sometimes what I'll do is I'll like express my fear into the mirror and then like I'll respond to it. Um, That's nice. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's very like, in the moment, it, I don't know if I have an answer to your question exactly. Uh, no, but that is a good answer because I've, I've said before, sometimes it helps me calm down when I'm like in a spiral uh, to talk to myself as if I'm a person standing in front of me being like, you're fine. You're totally fine. You know, I just need to hear like, you're fine. Uh, yeah. As if someone else is saying it to me because I'll believe someone else if they say it to me. Right. But if I'm sitting there being like, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'll, I can calm down, you know, it's harder, it's harder to hear myself say it. Right. Um, so that, that makes a lot of sense as to why it would work for you to say that's like voice your fears in the yeah. mirror, because then you can almost visualize someone else saying those fears and you're responding to them, you know? Right. right. Like, that's not, that doesn't make sense. You know, you're fine. You can go around that. You can go through that. Um, right. So I like that. Um, also, I like what you said about uh, the whole like what's stopping you thing. Like you really had to fight to get out there. Uh, it's exhausting to crack yourself open, especially with vulnerable material. 
constantly over and over, regardless of how often people are telling you like, that was insane. I loved it. Blah, 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 blah. It's still really difficult. It's, yeah. it's exhausting. And oftentimes, like, I don't know about you, but like I can convince myself if someone's like, that was really great. I can convince myself that I'm like, they're just saying that, you know? So I, my hurdle is to try to be like, no, like I should keep going and doing this. Like more people need to see it because they would like it. So that's a, that's a very relatable thing. I think in comedy for you to say, like, it's a, it's a fight to get out there and keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with musical comedy. Cause like I said, there's not much of a space I, I feel in doing open mics to practice this stuff. Definitely. Definitely. Like people don't know quite how to like, um, respond to a song out of my you know yeah yeah i almost want to say to people when i go up i'm like sit back and relax we're all hanging you know uh, like, just yeah. tap your foot you know hang out relax don't worry i re i i pre-wrote this thing i'm not like getting up in front of you and doing this for the first time so right. it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's hard it's really hard to push yourself to do that frequently to like practice and be like because you need to practice it but yeah um i would like to know what your fantasy fantasy mentally healthy day looks like from start to finish when you wake up what does it look like for you to be like this is the best freaking day of my life whoa i've never this is such a good this is such a good question and like more therapists should ask this. <laughs> um, wake up at like eight or nine. I'll be going a short walk. Come back. Make some breakfast. Do some yoga and journal and meditate. And then, you know. So I'll also wake up at eight. And then by like 10, getting to like work and doing it in a space where other people are. So you're just like socializing naturally, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, then ending around like four. And, um, hang out for a little, and then, oh my God, I'm like, do I put comedy in my perfect mental health day? I think so. if it's what you love to do, you know, it is what I love to do. Yeah. I do feel. It depends like in what way are you going to a show? Well, it's like, I would imagine performing. Yeah. Um, but like, boy, some days it's like, sometimes it can be um, overwhelming or like, like after my solo show, it was just like, I was like pretty dead for like three days. Yeah. So I don't know if that would constitute like a perfect mental health day. Mm -hmm. if like the next couple of days I was like bed, you know? Yeah. Well, also that's your solo show. Like there's a lot of lead up to that the whole day. You were probably like, Oh my God. Like, I hope this goes. That's this is so yeah. much you're, you're putting so much on yourself. 
Maybe, yeah. maybe your version of like a fantasy mentally healthy performance would be like, I'm just doing this for fun. You know? Yeah. It's just yeah. with buds. Yeah. Just getting up there. Yeah. Like, um, like, uh, doing one of my, uh, do, just doing a friend's show. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 Okay. And how are you ending the night? Damn. Well, okay. Look. <laughs> um with like I'm like with the girl listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's okay. That's your truth. Yeah, that's my truth. No, no. Your truth is, you know, it's it's with the love of your life who doesn't exactly. know they're the love of your life yet. They're just exactly. listening right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was going to say like up to this point alone, those are the nights when I'm the mentally healthiest. Yeah. Um, but I hope one day with someone who I feel healthy with. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. I remember I had a good question for you. So I, uh, I'm a very sensitive person. I cry all the time. Um, and it's become a very much an inside joke of my family. Like oh, she's the sensitive one, you know? Um, and I've, I've learned as I've gotten older to like really take that and be like, that's who I am. It's my superpower. Uh, I saw something that you had posted about crying all the time because you're on estrogen now. Yeah. I'm yeah. curious to know. So I really do view crying and being sensitive as like a strength of mine because it helps me connect so much more with myself through other yeah. people. Um, yeah. For example, if I'm watching something that's really sad or a performance or whatever, I, I, I love it because I'm like, wow, it's help. I'm so sad for you. It's helping me um, feel a certain way about myself. Do you find that uh, now feeling emotions uh fully do you do you feel like it's been a strength in that way for you as well that's uh such a good question first of all like i love that i love that you reclaimed it mm -hmm. too, you know i love it now yeah good was that a journey for you like did, oh did my you gosh yes and it still is that's my biggest thing in therapy that i have to i'm still working on it it's never going to be at an end point where i'm okay with it but yeah. I really do. I would say 75% of the time, I love it. 25% um, of the time, it, it hinders my communication. Mm. Um, it's it's tough because I've always been told, like, you're being dramatic. Calm down. You're being sensitive. You know, it, it invalidates a lot of those feelings that I do have. Yeah. Um, but, but I love it. Um, I'm, well, I'm, I think it's a superpower, too. I agree. Yeah. That. like was that the question sorry <laughs> do you feel like, like so my thing is i feel like i can see the world more clearly yeah i can i i think this, this might sound like i'm turning it into something like yeah i'm actually more intelligent but i feel like i'm more emotionally intelligent because i i can pick up on emotional cues from people yeah. um now uh and i because of that i can connect with people He's like, I think I'm good with, uh, I don't want to say relationships, but just like having a good conversation or connecting with people I'm good at because I can, 
uh, I know how to uh, direct it, direct a conversation decently, but yeah. not just in conversations. Do you feel like you can see the world clearly? Uh, do you feel like because of emotions you're feeling more presently now, do you feel yeah. like it's had an effect on both you mentally as well as um, uh, your comedy? Yeah. Okay. Well, definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I Everything you're saying makes total sense. Like I kind of see it as like a flow, like you're letting it, you're letting it flow through you mm-hmm. as opposed to like stopping it, you know? And then yes. you, yeah. So I really relate to that. Um, I feel like when I, when I stop things, then there's no like space for me to feel what's happening in the present. Mm-hmm. Because like that space is like taken up by the unfelt feeling from earlier, you know? Yeah. Or here's maybe a better intro question to my long winded question. I'm sorry. I don't, I have a disease where I don't know how to like give a direct question. Um, But maybe the intro to that would be like, what type of crying are you doing these days? You know, what are you crying at? Okay. I'm crying. A lot more. It feels really great because it just feels good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it feels like I'm crying at like bigger things mm-hmm. now. Um, like sometimes I'll just like cry at like bigger concept, like injustice. I just like think about injustice and I start to cry, you know? Um, last night I cried, I had a really good cry. And there's a lot of things all like coming together because like, I mean, I don't know if you also know, I lost my dad this year. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of grief that I'm still feeling about that. And there's like grief about, um, what our relationship was at the end and like what it had potential to be. Yeah. But so there's a lot of grief there. Um, and I'm feeling that. Yeah. There's also like, frankly, like the world is really difficult for trans women and so sometimes I get so sad and upset because I think about like how much easier the world was for me two years ago and, and all the trans women in my life who I love so much, all my friends who are like providing me with all this camaraderie right now and love and care, how the world is harder for them too. Mm-hmm. Like, and that just like, it makes me so sad and upset and like queer history. Like, um, last night, <laughs> this is like sort of cheesy, but do you know the fil- the movie, the Tom Hanks movie, Philadelphia? No, I know that one. It's like, he won the Oscar for it in like 1993. Um, he played, he plays an AIDS patient mm-hmm. and Denzel Washington plays like his lawyer or something. 
And it's a classic, it's like a, it's a good movie, but it's also very like, it's a classic, like early movie about someone accepting something, but it's still kind of like, you know, the hero of the movie is the um, homophobic character who becomes less homophobic. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. There's all that. There's all that. But it's like, but it's also a very like sweet and loving movie. And um, like the end of it, I, I will like watch the end again and it made me cry really hard. There's a beautiful song at the end. And like, sometimes I think about the eighties and like the AIDS crisis and like just how how I narrowly missed that just generation wise. Um, I narrowly missed like a lot of my friends being dead and, and I cry about that. Like, and I cry about, yeah, stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Me tearing up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's, that's a lot um i so then coming from that and those things that you cry about does it make you feel because you said crying feels good right it's a release does it make you feel uh um maybe not more connected because you're like not everybody can understand this plight but rather more empowered to sing about it I don't know, you know, like more empowered to be like, please understand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think about the, like, the love that I have for, for the, you know, like, I mean, this is, I think a lot about like the queer kids in the middle of the country who, who don't have like community like I do. And when it gets hard, I think about them and I like, like pushes me. And so, yeah, like crying connects me to a lot of pain, but it's like, through love that mm-hmm. I feel and the love like helps me feel the pain that is there mm-hmm. and then I can do it again you know yeah yeah and this is this is a deep this is deep this is we're going in I appreciate it <laughs> I'm glad you're getting deep with me thank you yeah. um I always yeah. love talking about uh the emotional um just uh, the emotional path uh the not, path isn't the right word but like what's happening behind the scenes what's behind what's behind the music <laughs> but like uh, not i i don't need i'm not even talking about your music right now just in life stuff you know because i find that like being sensitive how you were saying like i think of my friends and their struggles and what they're feeling um as queer people and like that makes you really sad and i can 
uh, yeah, I can empathize with that. And it probably makes you a better friend as well, you know, just to be like, Hey, I, I, uh, not only do I understand where you're coming from, but like I'm there with you and I really, really feel for you. Um, but yeah, so anywho, all of that to say, um, I'm glad you're crying, uh, to feel love, you know, I'm not glad of what you're crying about but right. i think that us criers are the the cooler stronger funnier smarter people so and now and now <laughs> someone said it and now someone said it yeah exactly <sighs> i'm annoyed that i remembered that question um after my <laughs> after my bit of what is your fantasy mentally healthy day because we're gonna end on like this <laughs> heavy <laughs> crying bit uh here's one if you could, if you could be a Muppet, what would, uh, what would your Muppet be? No, no, no. If you could be on Sesame Street, what would no. your character be singing about? Wow. Well, one, first, I'm going to go ahead and manifest that. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I want to be on Sesame Street. That would be so cool. It'd be a dream come true. The coolest people are on Sesame Street. When I watch Sesame Street now, like the modern episodes, I'm like, how the hell did they get Alana Glazer as Mrs. Noodle? Right. You know, amazing. Uh, Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) I feel like, oh, gosh, I feel so cheesy, but. More cheese. The more cheese, the better. No one's ever said less cheese, please. Okay. well, I'm I'm just like so big on like positive self-talk. Yes. Like. We don't have to, like, we can make it easier for ourselves. Yeah. It can be more simple than we make it sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like, my Muppet, my little Muppet, the, first of all, let me go back and say, just so you know, the Sesame Street characters are Muppets. Right? Okay, thank you. They're like Jim Henson. So, like, yeah, they're Muppets. Are they? Wait, is Sesame Street Jim Henson also? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I never knew. Oh, my gosh. Stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, no, good. Good. They're Muppets. Yeah. Huh? Positive self-talk. Smart. Oh, you're right. You're right. Smart. Uh, you're so smart <laughs> now that you know that. Better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So um, Sesame Street Muppets. Who would so it be? Okay. So I feel like my Muppet would be like one who like helps like helps teach kids at home to like speak positively about themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And she would, she would be like some sort of star, like diva, like big glasses, mm-hmm. maybe like a boa, you know, like that sort of like kind of a puppet diva. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she would, she would be a performer and she would like get Elmo and Abby. That's her name, yeah. right? The little like yeah. friend. I think so. Yeah. Abby's <laughs> on Sesame Street, right? Yeah. Are you frozen? Hello. Oh no, oh, you're no. frozen, but I can hear you. You're back. There you are. <laughs> Great. Hi. Okay. Okay. So yeah, um, I think Abby's on Sesame Street. Okay. So uh, she would like get Abby and Elmo to like sing songs, and they would be like, "Ah, I'm scared," and then she'd be like, "No, you're beautiful. Sing it. You got this. You can do anything." You know. I love that. Also, there's. Do you know about Lady Baba? No. Oh, Lady Baba's on Sesame Street um, and she's a star. So I definitely see your character doing a duet with Lady Baba. Maybe it's a music video. 
Ah. Yeah. Okay. I also love that you know characters on Sesame Street. And I mean this with zero irony. I think that is awesome. Thank you. Um, I have nieces and nephews, so <laughs> we I don't watch it as often as I would like to, because I swear to you, every time I do watch it, I'm like, God, this is so good. <laughs> I know, right? Every I'm like, this is what I would make if I were making a kid's show. It's so good. <sighs> yeah. Manifest. So good. Oh, I love that. Okay. Uh, well, we're manifesting that you're going to be on Sesame Street. Um, and that's just one part of your fantasy, healthy, mentally healthy week. Um, is that you go to your rehearsal, you're performing nice. with Elmo. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I love that. Esther, <laughs> this was like such a lovely, deep, open, vulnerable conversation. And I really want to thank you for your honesty and getting there with me. It was, yeah. it was really, really nice. I appreciate I that a lot. I appreciate you having me um, and opening up the space. I had a lovely time. Absolutely. And I can't wait. Do you have uh, a show coming up that we can promote? Or do you plan to do your solo show anytime soon after Christmas? I'll say, like, look out for updates on my solo show. Like, uh, nothing yet, but I might be doing it sometime soon. I'm definitely going to do it sometime soon. 